Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm sharing a conversation that I had with author Aaron Adelheit. He's the author of The Hard Break, The Case for a 24-6 Lifestyle. And as you hear that title, you're probably thinking 24-6 instead of 24-7, which means this must be the topic of taking a break or rest or having buffer time or margin a Sabbath, as Aaron puts it in his book. And if you're familiar with this show, you're also familiar with this topic. This is not the first time we have covered this, but like most topics, it's good to revisit this one, especially because it's one of the easiest ones to get out of sync with in terms of having a natural rhythm or honestly, not a natural rhythm, but an intentional rhythm when it comes to pacing ourselves to the appropriate amount of work we should be doing at any given time. And again, that pacing between doing the work and then doing other work or doing resting, unplugging, recharging, etc. You get the gist. So, unless you have a perfect handle on this topic, I encourage you to listen to this episode and take notes as to where you know you need to make changes or minor adjustments in your life regarding this topic. So, while you take your notes, enjoy this conversation with Aaron Adelheit. This week, it's my privilege to welcome to the show, Aaron Edelheit. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on your show. So you've written a great book, which is on a topic that we've touched on before and honestly just bears repeating over and over again, which is this idea of taking a Sabbath. You call it the hard break, the case for a 24-6 lifestyle. And I'm wondering what led you to this? Was it workaholic tendencies? (laughs) Yes. So, uh, you know, I'm a workaholic and I'm driven in ways that I don't, I'm not sure I fully understand. You know, I hit a wall after some early success in my life where not only was my personal life suffering, my health suffering, but no matter how hard I worked, uh, I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. And really out of desperation, I thought, well, 
maybe I just need to try to give myself a break and work a little less instead of every waking moment. And so I started with, you know, just trying four or five hours on a Saturday morning. And it felt like having my phone off and my computer off was for that amount of time was one of the hardest things I ever could have done, which looking back is completely ridiculous. Yes. And then I built it up from that to, I made it to like 3 PM. And then after a couple months, I built it to a whole day. And I found that being off for an entire day, once a week, completely transformed my life. And, and I did this about 12 or 13 years ago. And I believe that it's actually the key to uh, all the success I've had since then, not only in my business life, but my uh, personal life as well. So had you had any kind of uh, acquaintance with this approach at all prior to that? Or did you discover it after the fact? Well, you know, I'd always, you know, I wasn't uh, particularly religious, but I had always, you know, heard of obviously the Sabbath and people taking time off and time away and and I was looking for something that could help me more on an ongoing basis. So what I used to do is, um, you know, early in my career, what I do, and I think some people, a lot of people still do this, is they'll go on vacation and they'll just be like, I need a week or two weeks and uh, just completely disconnect. Mm, yeah. And then they come back and for the first couple of weeks, they feel refreshed and they're renewed. And then that wears off pretty quickly. <laughs> and uh, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, I, I need another vacation, but you can't just take a week or two weeks off all the time. And and so really, I think I it was really out of desperation of just me just like, okay, I'm just going to put this stuff away and just try to breathe. And then I realized that I really needed like this space and just the idea of a and, and for me, it started kind of you know, as a secular Sabbath, really just time away from technology and work. Um, and it really just blossomed into something kind of amazing for me. And now it's I look forward to it every week. And it's the best thing I do. It's the reason I wrote the book. You know, I uh, it enabled me in 2008 to start, you know, think creatively and and. I started buying foreclosed homes, fixing them up, renting them out at a time when no one wanted to buy homes. Started with 16 homes, built it to 2,500 uh, single-family rentals, had 80 full-time employees. And after I sold that company in, uh, three years ago, I, just, I said to myself, I really want to write about this. I want to profile other people that are like me and really share my story and 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 I spent three years working on this book and to really just share how amazing it can be and how it can be the key to your long-term success. Yeah. And we've talked about this topic on this show before, but honestly, this is one of those things where we continually need to be reminded of it because that flurry of activity or that myth of having to be busy all the time just creeps in in weird ways. And we then suddenly start to realize we're burning out again. Yeah, and and I think that we we get conflicting messages um, through media and by following people. So there's a lot of people out there that say you gotta you gotta grind, you gotta burn yourself out. It's just part of the process. Yeah, and so well, I wanted to write a book that basically said no that 
That's actually not true. And that's why there's 200 footnotes in my book from studies from like Harvard, Stanford, uh, Centers for Disease Control, basically showing that once you work past 55 hours a week, you're kind of getting garbage. And it really starts hurting you in a lot of ways. And then the other conflicting message is that you need to take, you know, kind of this soft pause or you need to meditate for 15 minutes. And all that can be helpful. And even working hard can be helpful. But in my, in my, with technology, my, my smartphone is both the best and worst thing that ever happened to me. Right. Having every contact that I know from LinkedIn to Twitter to personal context to business context, having access to me where they can ping me. Now I may say, oh, I can't, I can respond whenever I want, but having, giving them the right to interrupt me at every second of every day actually comes with a tremendous cost. And so that's where I think this idea of a hard break, the idea of carving a space out where you can just be yourself and not be on call is just incredibly helpful. Yeah, that's actually, you know, maybe thinking about it as from the perspective of, you know, that whole quote on call status. I when I hear that I think of it being, you know, like a doctor where they they're on call where they're not at work but they're on call. They can be summoned at a moment's notice and that rotates from person to person or doctor to doctor. But maybe relishing the t- you know designating your time as you know, I am not on call. The other person is at this point. You know? That's exactly right. And and people may not realize but there's actually proven psychological toll from being on call every moment of every day that and and it takes about a day for the cortisol which is a, a marker of stress in your system to wear off and and so the, why are we willing to be on call every second of every day like yeah. why are we doing this yeah what what benefit are you getting now, I'm not saying there's some people who are like, oh, I turned off all social media and I'm, you know, I'm going back to the Stone Ages and I'm going to create fire with, you know, flint and sticks. And <laughs> I'm not advocating for that. I'm not saying that technology is evil, but I'm saying like anything, if taken to an extremes, there is, can be some pretty negative uh, consequences. And that this idea of a hard break, this idea of a Sabbath, is a a very powerful tool that you can use. Well, yeah, and people had issues with this even prior to, um, you know, smartphones existing. This is not a new problem. We've just got more and more tools to distract ourselves with, consciously or not, at this point, right? Yeah, but I think it's actually more dangerous now. Oh, sure. Because okay. so- yeah. something, something shifted around... If you look at all the data around the use of depression medication, the number one way middle school children die now is from suicide. College clinics are being overwhelmed with mental health issues from college students, and the number of mental health cases are growing by double digits. Despite, in almost every objective sense, we're the richest we've ever been. We're the healthiest we've ever been. This is one of the best times to ever be alive. Violence is at record lows across the board. 
why are people so angry and anxious? Why are there, why are psychologists talking about an anxiety epidemic? I think one of the reasons is the rise of smartphones, which is a truly miraculous technology. And I love it. But at the same point, there is some some pretty serious negative consequences coming from the overuse of this. And I think that the idea of a Sabbath, it's just as important today, if not more important, because we're not made going back. We're not meant to be on call to so many people. Yeah. Well, and, and even when we're in our downtime, supposedly on a weekend, when an average person is using their smartphone, you know, five hours on a weekend, and that might even be a low number for some people. Yeah. No. Do you want to experience 60% more stress than the average American? Then just check your work email on uh, in non-work hours or on the weekends. You know, do you do you want an 80% increase in the risk of coronary disease? Just work more than 55 hours in a week. There's lots of data backing up how like the <laughs> negative consequences. But now let me let, you know, we've been talking about the negative, let's talk about the positives. Let's talk about the idea that how do we compete in today's economy? How do you succeed in today's economy? It's not from consuming more information. It's not from working more hours. It's from being more creative, more innovative, and having the ability to solve problems. Okay, so let's talk about how you do that. Well, it turns out that when you rest, when you relax, when you're walking out in nature, daydreaming, whatever, there's a part of you think your brain isn't working, but there's a part of your brain that goes into overdrive, and it's called the default mode network. What does the default mode network do? Well, what it does is it takes in all the information, all the experiences that your brain, that, that you go through life. There's all these inputs, all this data that your brain is gathering. And the default mode network tries to put piece together patterns, information, tries to gain understanding. And so you ever have the proverbial idea in the shower? Right. Well, why do you have that idea? It's because you don't think your brain is working or you're going for a walk and all of a sudden some solution hits you. It's because your brain is working even when you think it isn't. And it's using that downtime to really come up with understanding and creative solutions. And so if you're not giving your brain a break, if you're constantly engaging it on your phone and you're grinding at work, you're actually hurting your chances to succeed in today's economy. Your advantage of uh, over others is to do what they're not doing, which is to actually step away and take a break and rest. Yeah, no, and just like tangible anecdotes from this are, you know, beyond the proverbial idea in the shower, but, you know, one of the most innovative, creative musicals to come on Broadway that is is almost a ridiculous idea. The idea of Hamilton. Like, how was that created? Well, that was created after Lin-Manuel Miranda had a successful show. I think it was called On the Town. Won a couple of Tonys. And he was, he needed to, he was going on vacation. He's at the airport before he takes off. And it's like, I need a book to read. And he picked up Ron Chernow's book, Hamilton. While he's on vacation, he's reading this book. And what happens? He allows himself the space to think creatively. 
and to really process what is this? What if you had a multiracial cast and you rapped? And this is really a timely story. Like Einstein, when he was stuck on a problem, would go for a walk or he'd pick up a violin and just randomly play it. He wouldn't stare at the page. He wouldn't work on formulas. He knew he, he knew he needed to give space. Steve Jobs was famous for taking walks. One thing you should know is I'm as guilty as 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 anyone on this stuff. I have wrote this book to myself. <laughs> it's one of those things where even somebody who's written the book written a book on this topic is somebody who needs to continually be reminded of not just the importance of it, but the positive effects of it and then jump back in again. Yeah, I mean, just look, I I am addicted to my phone just as much as anyone else. My wife has taken my phone from my hands and thrown it in the bushes in our front yard. My, um, uh, She complains that she sees the top of my head way too much because I'm looking down at my phone. So like I'm a, I, I, I'm as guilty as anyone, but on my day off, I, I give myself the space to not, to gain more understanding of the power that my phone has over me. And I'm more, I'm more cognizant during the week about where my phone is. I used to have the phone right next to my next to me when I go to sleep. Now I leave it in the kitchen. So I don't want it to be the first thing that I look at in the morning. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you started the habit of doing this and taking that time, you know, you didn't get it locked in all at once. I mean, I remember you said that, you know, doing it for uh, even an hour or two at first seemed like torture. Yes. How did how did you incrementally start increasing that time? How you know what was that experience? Well, I, like? I, yeah, I I recommend baby steps. I I think that it's really hard in today's world to just completely disconnect. There's so many pulls on you, and there's so much you know kind of fear of missing out or what happens if there's an emergency. I think you can prepare in advance. There's a lot of tips and tricks that I share in my book. Um, but one of the main ones is just to start out with baby step. Try a morning, try four or five hours in the morning. I'm just disconnecting. Um, uh, you know, another thing that, you know, I have three small children and two, two, two of my kids, unfortunately have some ongoing health issues though they're doing great right now. 
Um, and there's sometimes my wife and I have to separate for a variety of reasons. And what we'll do is we'll actually switch phones. There's nothing on my wife's phone that I can really use. There's none of my social media. There's none of my emails, none of my texts. And the same goes on my phone for my wife, but we can stay in touch. And so it just becomes, it just becomes a phone again. You can get yourself a little, what I call bat phone, a flip phone, just for emergency contacts. Even if you wanted to use your phone, you could turn off all notifications. You wanted to leave it on. You could turn on do not disturb. A lot of people don't realize you can turn on do not disturb. And that if somebody calls you twice within five minutes on do not disturb, it'll ring through. There's a lot of settings and mm -hmm. stuff that you can do to kind of remove that psychological pull from constantly using it. Knowing the phone is completely off and, 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 and it doesn't just have to be the phone. Like this is, this also applies to like tablets and laptops and things like that as well. Oh right? yeah. No, my, yeah. Uh, I, any tablet I have is off any computer. Now that being said, I'll watch TV, but it'll be solely for pleasure. I'll read, but solely for pleasure. I'm not trying to improve myself. Maybe I'm trying to improve myself from like a, either a spiritual or philosophical basis. Sure. But I'm not reading like how to you know radically improve myself or my business. I'm not – watch for fun. I mean some of my best memories on, on my Sabbath is pulling up a great science fiction book that I have no time for during the week and just reading for pleasure, going for walks. Sitting and actually playing with my four, my kids, but especially like I noticed with my four-year-old daughter that when I sit on the floor, there's no competing, there's no competing appointments, there's no competing thing for her attention. And so when I play with her, like during the week, I may want to take a picture of her because she's doing something cute, or or I turn on some music or her you know favorite song or something, and then I'll be like, ooh, I have an email. Someone's texted me and I'll check it. And even if it's for like five, 10 seconds, she'll turn to me and be and say, Papa, uh, will you play with me? And my first, my first reaction is I'm sitting, I'm playing with you. <laughs> she knows, she, she knows she doesn't have my full attention. And she, so she knows there, our kids are watching us. Yeah. She, she knows that you're quote on call. I am, you know, I've written a book. Okay. And I had no idea how hard it would be to actually write a book and market it, but I'm learning. So I did that. I am building houses outside of Atlanta. I have a real estate partnership in Charlotte. I am the chief strategy officer for Flow Technologies, which makes a smart water valve that uh, I'm very excited about. I was one of the first investors in three years ago. That is by itself is my full-time job. I'm on the board of a nonprofit. I have three small children. Like, there's a lot going on in my life, okay? If I didn't have one day off a week where I had a break, I wouldn't be able to be doing half as much of what I'm doing. I'm able to sustain a, a larger workload knowing that I have that break every week. Yeah, and to some, it, that would seem antithetical that would seem well you've got such a large load how can you give up that time to take off and recharge but it's it's exactly the opposite direction it's it's the exact opposite it's because you do that you can that's exactly right and that's why i profile so many examples in my book like chick-fil-a 
Right. They're closed every Sunday. The <laughs> average Chick-fil-A does four times the revenue of the average KFC. Not only they that, didn't, like they they've did got nine, yeah, uh, they did nine billion dollars in sales last year. Yeah. They're closed every Sunday. They're not only outselling, but I've saw something a couple weeks ago about their customer service rating comparatively with, you know, the the stores that are the the restaurants that are just around them, you know, cost wise and all of that, same you know, similar uh takeout food kind of a an experience. Oh, they're and the best. They're, they're outranking the them there too. That's right. And it all if you talk to the executives of Chick-fil-A, which I've done and I share in my book, it all stems from their from the Sabbath, from them taking that Sunday off. So they don't say, oh, well, we're, we succeed despite the Sabbath. They actually say we succeed because of the Sabbath. Well, and not only do they stand out as an example there, but there are, co- I mean, countries like the, the United States is, hate to say it, but like we're behind other countries when it comes to getting this right. And I think it's more important today just because the mental load of people's jobs the amount of information we're processing, it's increasing. It's one thing to, to just use your muscles, right? Mm. But your brain is just needs this re- rest and recovery. And so you have countries like Germany. I mean, a great example I use in my book is the difference between Germany and Greece. Many people are surprised to learn that the Greeks actually work 400 more hours on average a year than the Germans. Who's more productive? Germans have something like 29 or 30 paid vacation days a year. More hours worked does not equal better output. That's the, the, the main, one of the main things of all the research I share in my book. It's about the quality. The quality of the work is, the, is what really matters. When you're putting in hours, they are of a higher quality, a higher caliber, because you are fully present, fully aware, fully able to bring your uh, abilities and talents to bear on the work because you've taken that time off and disconnected. Yes. And you're recharged. You know, one of the the things that surprised me the most once I really started doing this was how excited I am to re-engage on like Saturday night. So one of the most exciting things that I learned from doing this, once I started doing this, uh, uh, taking a whole day off is how excited I was to re-engage, to see what I missed to uh, re-engage with the world, this whole rest, recovery, and renewal. How many of us are really excited to turn back on and see what's going on? I get that every week. I get a vacation every week. Who doesn't want that? And I think that's the thing that we forget. Earlier, you were talking about, you know, somebody will go on a vacation and they'll have a great time and it takes them a couple days, but then they're finally, you know, disconnected long enough, hopefully, on vacation that they start to actually feel the vacation happening and then they get back and it, you know, it lasts a little while, but then they fall back into needing another vacation. And this is the way to feel like you've got consistency in your vacation to where, or, you know, like you said, it's a vacation every weekend or, you know, every certain amount of days you have, you get another time where you're disconnecting, not just disconnecting, but also refreshing and re-energizing and all of that. And that's not to say we don't still need to do vacations. Those are great, but like you don't have to live for them and, and wait, you know, once a year to essentially get to the vacation to make that last a whole year again. That's exactly right. I know that, uh, I mean, we're talking about, un- you know, recharging and, uh, you know, taking the time off and stepping away from our work. And, you know, we, we, we talked a bit about how 
mental activity. You know, some people would say, well, why do you need a day off? You're all you're doing is doing mental work. You're not like breaking bricks or anything like that. But like, it's still, you know, mentally taxing, like we were talking about with the whole on call thing. If you're on call consistently, or you feel like you are, then it's that constant mental or psychological pull towards the work, which is just unhealthy. If you're overworking your brain, which uses 20% of the energy in your body, even though it weighs about like 2% of your weight, it uses 20% of all the energy you consume goes to keep your brain going. If your brain isn't in the best possible place, if it isn't rested, if it's overworked, if it's overtaxed, you're not going to make the best decisions. So you need to put in place solutions that will help you make the best decisions in life. Well, and for some of us, that then means even doing physical activity on time when we're taking a break mentally. Well, yeah, no, that, that's exactly right. I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying, hey, do you think it's all right that I, you know, that I mow my lawn, <laughs> you know, on my and, and I was like, yeah, you know, what, what, what does it do for you? And he was like, well, I really enjoy it. My mind wanders and I. And, and I don't feel like it's work. You know, I don't do it for work and I'm outside and, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, why not? You know, <laughs> it would be different if it was like, oh, well, I need to go to the grocery store and the dry cleaning and then I'm going to do 17 other activities. Well, that doesn't sound like a Sabbath to me. But if if it was something like I'm going to go out and garden and or, you know, I kind of enjoy kind of feeling like I'm doing something physical because I don't get to do it during the week or I go for a run or a hike or then that sounds restorative to me. That's what you want to do on a Sabbath. Yeah. Well, and even, uh, shaking up the work week a bit too, you talk a little bit about think days and free days in the book as well. Yeah. So the, the CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, you know, he was at a pretty desperate point of his life, kind of similar to me. And one of the reasons I wrote the book is don't be like me and the other people that I, that I show in the book, don't, don't get to a breaking point. Don't go to like where you kind of hit a wall and you're in a dark place. So the, the CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK was in that dark place and decided, Hey, you know, this isn't working. And, you know, his marriage was in shambles. His business was at, you know, kind of a low point. And he decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take it. I'm going to take a day and I'm just gonna, not going to work. Then he eventually expanded that to I'm gonna, I'm another day where I'm not working, but I'm just going to think. So he created kind of two days, a free day, which is like a Sabbath and a think day. And of course, now he has a business that's doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. You know, He has a new marriage and he's just in a very different place. And he attributes his success, success to not basically taking one Sabbath, but two. Yeah. But serving two different purposes. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really that differentiation of that day, though it's still a quote work day. It's, it's a more, it's more of a free flowing thinking about things day and, and can even be enjoyable work day, which I mean, we, we all wish all our work was enjoyable, but sometimes admin stuff can be, you know, taxing or unenjoyable. And we're not lucky enough to have maybe like an assistant that does some of that for us, but you know, to be intentional and turn around and say, no, this is this is my thinking day. I can do whatever I want to today. I'm still working and I'm coming up with ideas or I'm, you know, yeah, you know, and it takes different forms for different people. So, 
Well, so this is, uh, I mean, again, this is one of those topics where people really need to not just knock it until they've tried it. They really need to try it and they really need to do, you know, again, like you said, baby steps starting from the very beginning and just, you know, how would you suggest somebody get started with this? One, I think you should definitely make sure you prepare in advance. How are people going to get in touch with me? What am I going to do on that day in advance? And you basically act like people used to do before the Sabbath. So, you know, I'll tell people, oh, I'll go meet you for lunch at 1 p.m. And then I'll remind them, oh, by the way, my phone is off. And some people who are, you know, there's a brief panic. Like, what do you mean? I, people are so used to being in touch all the time. Oh, I'm running five minutes late or I'm doing this or that or, you know, so, I, you know, it's, Kind of do a little preparation in advance, take baby steps, but also make it special. Like go outside, go out in nature, go for a walk, give yourself a nap, do stuff for fun, spend time with family and friends. This is the time. All of life, the best parts of life, whether it's your personal life or business life, are around relationships. There's so much overwhelming data that that's what brings happiness and satisfaction invest in those relationships. That's one of the best things you can do on a Sabbath. And don't be rushed. If you're going to do an activity, do one, maybe two, but don't do what you're doing during the week, which, which, which I'm guilty of. It's just running around like a madman. Good lessons for us all there. So the, again, the book is called The Hard Break, The Case for a 24-6 Lifestyle. And Aaron, where can people find you online? So they can go to my website, which is thehardbreak.com. They can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm Aaron Value, A-A-R-O-N, and then Value. Uh, they can also go to pay- Facebook, which is Aaron M. Edelheit, author of The Hard Break. Um, and they can find my book on uh, Amazon. Very cool. Aaron, thank you so much for being here. Glad to talk with you today. Thank you very much for having me on on your show. I appreciate it. So again, I hope as you listened to this, you took notes and have maybe some ideas of where you'd like to make some refinements in your life regarding rest, regarding the Sabbath, regarding taking one, regardless of religious connotation or not, starting small if you've never done this before, being intentional about it, taking time to do other activities, even if you're usually using your brain or usually using your body, depending upon what type of work you're doing, to do something else with that energy or to do some thing that's, again, the opposite. Use your brain if you use your body all the time. Use your body if you use your brain all the time. Or do something, again, differently, different brain activity or different physical activity than you usually do to recharge, to differentiate, to work out those other parts. It's almost like doing leg day instead of arm day or core day or whatever you want to call it. If if one of those things is, again, the norm, then get out of the norm and do those things that will recharge you, infuse you with energy, make you want to come back to your work, not make you dread coming back to your work. If you want to dive deeper into this topic with Aaron's book, you can find the link for that in the show notes at beyondthetodolist.com. And also while you're there, think of somebody who, (laughs) this is awkward, but, you know, needs to take some rest or refine what rest and relaxation and recharging means in their life. But do it kindly. Do it in a way that's not condemning them or judging them or saying, man, you never take a break. It could get awkward. But think of that person and share this episode with them. And with that, I'll say thank you for sharing 
Thank you for listening, and I will see you next episode. <laughs>